live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, the Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Road Trip continues, and we are in Columbus, Ohio. Cincinnati yesterday, Columbus today. Where will we be on Monday? Well, you'll find out. Stay tuned, as Shad Khan likes to say. Shad Khan's latest find in the coaching realm is Urban Meyer. And we are at Urban Meyer's place in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's the Pint House, Urban Meyer's Pint House in Dublin, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. And uh, beautiful restaurant, fantastic place. Opens just about now, right when our show starts. Of course, the pandemic has limited some of the hours from a lunchtime menu. Usually opens at 11 a.m. Uh, when all things are normal. Uh, so we expect to have a little bit of a crowd here, and maybe some of our friends from the Columbus area will be out uh, here at the Urban Myers Pint House in Dublin, Ohio. Come on out if you have a chance to. Get out and about, and you're in Columbus. And I say some of our friends, well, yeah, i got friends in Columbus, Ohio, Austin Lane. I mean, Steph, Hall of Famer Steph's from right down the road in Gahanna. There you go, so, man. So, I, mean, I mean, listen, as Garth Brooks used to say, you got to have friends in low places. Not calling Columbus low by any means, but it's good to have friends all around the area. Yeah, and I mean, I might not have friends, but she does, so she can at least send them our way. Got that hookup. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dublin, Ohio, Notre Dame quarterback, is from Dublin, Ohio. Which one? Fill in the blank. What Notre Dame quarterback is from Dublin, Ohio? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got no idea, man. Brady Quinn. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, and I was gonna say Brady Quinn because I remember when the when the Browns took him, they were like, he's kind of coming home or whatever a little bit. Like he's yeah. gonna be around the area. Dang, Absolutely. 0 for one today. Yeah. My favorite son of Dublin, Ohio. Uh, is uh, Brady Quinn for sure. So, hey, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer quite a bit today. Uh, we've talked about him a lot over the last month, really dates all the way back to late November, I think, when the rumors started to pop about Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. And then it heated up in mid-December. And then, of course, we knew the fate of Doug Marone, and we knew there was going to be a coaching change for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there is no doubt that Shad Khan, his target in this coaching search was Urban Meyer. And now that he's got Urban Meyer as the head coach of the Jaguars, the last couple of weeks, Urban's been in Jacksonville. He's been inside that building trying to assemble a staff, trying to what I would call almost gut and flip the organization from this last 12 years with just one winning season to what he's used to, and that is winning all the time. And if you need a reminder of how much Urban Meyer has won at the collegiate level, well, this place showcases it. National championships, coach of the year, pictures, memorabilia. It just shows how successful he has been, and we already knew that because we've talked about it for a long time. And as he tries to bring that to the NFL, he's busy at work back home in Jacksonville. Uh, But uh, we'll get a little bit of a feel for Urban Meyer here in the Columbus area. And the Buckeye fans, we've already talked about this, they love their Ohio State football. You bring them a national championship in 2014, well, they love Urban Meyer for that especially. And remember, Urban Meyer's an Ohio guy. He's from Ashtabula, which is really up northeast of, of Cleveland. Uh, there's in the title of the Pint House restaurant here, 7-0 and circled. Mm. You know why? Uh, they beat Michigan seven times in a row. No, I very think. good. Is that what it very is? good. Nailed yes, it. seven and zero record. There you go. Only coach in Ohio State history to have that kind of mark against 
the team from up north, as Urban Meyer likes to say. And so they love Urban Meyer for his dislike of Michigan. <laughs> well, just wait till Ryan Day starts winning some more. It's going to be 10-0 and 0 in the Ryan Day bar. So just wait for that to happen. Um, listen, when we talk about Ohio, you know, I mean, obviously I went to school at Murray State, Kentucky, and we had a bunch of Ohio guys. And the thing about the great old Midwest, that I'm such a fan of, obviously, and I'm a little biased, but the cool thing about Ohio is that they love their football. And they take their football very seriously, whether it's in Cincinnati, whether it's in Cleveland, whether it's in Columbus, um, or even at the high school level. Like, there's just football is life in the state of Ohio. So when Urban Meyer came in, and keep in mind, even when before Urban Meyer got there, I mean, there was still that rich tradition of Ohio State. Buckeye football, but when Urban Meyer got there, brought them the national championship, obviously it put it on a whole new level, and the fact that they kept on beating Michigan helps out as well. But now we talk about Ohio State, and they're always in the top four conversation. You know, I mean, didn't come, uh, you know, unfortunately didn't make it to the, the you know, the, the, the big dance this year and win the whole thing per se, but they're still in the conversation always as one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, so we are at Urban Meyer's Pint House uh, in Dublin, Ohio, as our trek continues. It started in Cartersville, Georgia, the big story of the offseason for the Jacksonville Jaguars' Trevor Lawrence. Well, the other big story of the Jaguars' offseason, Urban Meyer. And uh, we are making our way through Ohio. We'll end up in Ashtabula. We have a couple more stops uh, along the way as well as we learn more uh, about the really one of the great college coaches of all time, Urban Meyer, and as he tries to transition into the NFL. There's actually a story on ESPN.com today about Urban Meyer transitioning. How will he be received in the locker room? We talk about this all the time, Austin. We just talked about it yesterday. If you look at the hiring cycle in the NFL, this is a hiring cycle that certainly those are guys that can relate to the player, right? The, the player has changed in the NFL over the last handful, six, seven years. And the hiring certainly look like they relate to the player. Dave Culley, of course, it screams that in Houston as they try to rescue the Deshaun Watson situation. But if you look at Jacksonville the last couple of years, you look at Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, and also Tom Coughlin in the NFLPA, uh, it is still a question mark that if Urban Meyer can relate to the NFL player. But I always remind folks, I think he had to deal with that player at Florida and Ohio State quite a bit. I mean, those are five-star guys that, you know, probably felt like and acted like at times NFL guys. Um, And there are some hurdles still to get that across and motivate and relationships. But uh, this is a guy, Urban Meyer, who's been very good at that in his collegiate career and also coaching career. And you got to figure he'll be able to do it uh, once again at the NFL level. Of course, that's what Jacksonville is hoping uh, and try to win big at the NFL level uh, to come. Deshaun Watson's still a big story today. Uh, Dave Culley, we'll hear from him later in the show. But he and Nick Casario from Houston met the media. And uh, while Deshaun Watson appears out, Austin, Houston seems all in on keeping Deshaun Watson. This is going to be an interesting tug of war, not just over the next couple of days, but probably next couple of, of weeks as we head into free agency in March. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, too, because the Jaguars have zero interest in um, trading for Deshaun Watson. So if the Texans don't have a, like a high-priced suitor that is willing to give them a lot, a lot of draft capital, this definitely could be like... This could be the, like the Jalen Ramsey saga here times 10. And I'm here for it. My popcorn is ready. I can't wait to witness it. Because Houston, to me, they've always been that team in the division. And I'm not even sure like what the interdivisional record is between the Jaguars and the Texans. But I remember back when I played, like Houston always seemed to have the Jaguars number. 
And when that happens, you start despising Houston a little bit. Now, I'm never going to say that they're the biggest rival because obviously that job belongs to the Tennessee Titans. But I just feel like the way the success that Houston's had, it seems like the past decade, you know, anytime the team's got success in your division, you kind of spite them a little bit. And I feel like Houston's getting to that level. So it's a little refreshing now that a team that grew up with the whole J.J. Watt narrative of, you know, being the, the American hero, if you will, and then Deshaun Watson in a high-powered offense with Hopkins, where they got rid of Hopkins. It's kind of fun to see a team go through the turmoil a little bit that's not your own team. You know, like, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, as, as, as petty as that sounds, it's the truth. So I can't wait to see what happens. I get the whole narrative right now is saying he's our quarterback going forward. We're not going to trade him. Okay, but let's see what let's see what the offers look like first before you get all, you know, headstrung about this whole thing. But I just can't wait to watch it. Well, uh, my takeaway on that was, okay, if they're all in on keeping Deshaun Watson, they're not going to really entertain a lot of offers, even though he's requested a trade. Where does this end up? Do they miss a window, potentially, to trade Deshaun Watson because of free agency in the draft? They hang on, and then he sits out. Uh, that will be the next part of the conversation, but it's highly unlikely a guy sits out. So I, I do think there's some power play opportunity for the Houston Texans to win this if they want to stick through the mud on it. The problem is there's a lot more mud to get through. You don't think Deshaun Watson's going to sit out? Well, I, I think he could initially, but I don't think he does for the year. No, I don't. I don't I don't think those – listen, I think if you didn't trade Yannick Ngakwe, I believe Yannick Ngakwe would have played last year for the Jags. Right? We we feel a little bit different about that. We had that discussion for the better part of a year. I think he would play. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson will play. Uh, I don't though? know. I don't know how much longer the Jalen Ramsey thing had to go on for him to potentially get back in action and play. But it just depends how strong you want to be as an organization. Uh, why do I think he'll play? Well, because it, it, here's where I'm going to go with it real quick. With the whole Jalen Ramsey situation, the narrative was, okay, well, he's got to play to appear better to suitors that are going to trade for him, and when he gets traded, he gets a new contract, and he gets paid. The philosophy with Yannick Ngakwe was the fact that, is he really going to turn down that much money? Deshaun Watson right now, I believe, is the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He made some money last year, so he has money saved up. To me right now for Deshaun Watson, money is not the motive. Far no. from it. So then why would Deshaun Watson play this season for the Houston Texans if he's already stated that he doesn't want to and money's already saved up? Well, because I believe the athlete still has ego and pride. I understand there's a business side of it. But I believe he likes to play football, man. And I believe he's established himself and his stock is growing as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, although... I said this yesterday on the show. I tweeted again today. I do think that sometimes is pumped up even more than it should be. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think he's Patrick Mahomes. I think he gets put on that level, Russell Wilson even. I don't think he's on that level, quite frankly. I don't think he's done enough to get on that level. But I think the national media and everybody else puts him on that level. I do think he loves to play the game. I think he is very good. And I just believe that that love of competition and playing will win out at some point if he's stuck. Uh, and and by the way, they could go all the way through uh, what what the trade deadlines in you know late October or early November. So they could even try to smooth it out all the way into the season. The problem with that is then you get quarterback situations that are already solved. That limits the pool, and therefore your leverage goes away in terms of trying to trade. And remember, he's got a no trade clause, so he can decide where he wants to go. I hear you, but I just think, listen, I think Jalen Ramsey loves the game of football. I think Jalen Ramsey loves competing. I think he loves being on that field, and I think Jalen Ramsey loves to, to trash talk. Um, 
I think Deshaun Watson's on that same level, is in that same caliber. Now, Deshaun Watson's not the, the trash talker, but yeah, to agree with you, he does love the game. But you just said it yourself. The, the modern era NFL athlete is ego driven, right? There is an uh, there is an ego there. And what does it say about your ego when you say, "I don't want to play for this organization anymore. It's a mess. I want out." And then all of a sudden, you go back on your word and say, well, you know what, I guess I'm going to play. They push me all in. The organization wins. I just have a, a hard time believing that if the Houston Texans don't trade Deshaun Watson, he's going to be cool with that and say, all right, you guys push me all in, all in. you guys win, and I'm going to abide by your rules and what you say, and I'll play for you. I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah, and, and you might be right, right? And you were right on the Jalen Ramsey front in that regard, and maybe you would have been right on the Ngakwe front. But the problem is we don't it never got to that stage to know. Uh, you know, and, and in the course of that time, I don't even think the Texans, I think the reports are the Texans and Watson haven't even met. Like, he doesn't even know this new regime, essentially. Now, he probably knows Jack Easterby and obviously he knows Cal McNair, but he does not know Casario. He does not know Cully, at least in that regard, you know, and, and what their plans are. So, does he get in the building? Do they have conversations? Do things start to smooth over a little bit? I understand there's precedent for it to not. I still think he's going to be on his way out. I'm just, given the news of today, where the Houston organization says, we're not trying to deal. In fact, Cully says, the reason I took the job is because he's going to be here. And we believe he's going to be here. Well, how do they know that? By the way, I don't think Dave Cully just took the job because of that. I'm not sure many people were calling to be the head coach. It's a good opportunity for him to try to break through and be a head coach. Uh, But still, I think there's there's certainly two different views of how this is going to play out uh, with the organization internally and Watson and the rest of the outside world uh, on him probably getting traded. But let's be honest, though. If, If you're a candidate for a head coaching position and you interview and you go to the organization and you ask the question, hey, what's your quarterback situation like right now? And they respond by saying, we'll be honest with you. We have no idea. Our starting quarterback doesn't want to be here. Uh, we might trade him. We might not. Like, I'll be honest, sir. We have no idea. Do you still want to come coach for us? That's not really selling, you know, uh, that's not a really good selling point to be a head coach in the NFL. Like, that, that'd be a bad job by the organization. So I'm not saying that they swindled Cully or anything, but I just think they said, you know what, Deshaun Watson's still our guy, we value him, yada, yada, yada. And that way you still have the centerpiece, you still have the quarterback, the most important position in all of football locked up, and that makes the head coaching job a little more intriguing and a little more enticing. But with that being said... It's not necessarily the truth, I think, and that's maybe how they got the, the head coaching job in the first place. Well, here's what I think happens, right? Cully goes in there, Houston's in there, like, listen, we're going to do everything we can to keep this guy. But if we don't, here's option B and C. And saying, all right, we could trade to the Jets. You could end up with Justin Fields. You could end up with Sam Darnold as well. You could end up with two quarterbacks. Uh, you could trade with Miami. You could end up with two. How do you think about that? You know. So I think... I don't know if I, – I, listen, I've never been interviewed for a head coaching job. I don't know how deep they go on these conversations. But I would certainly ask if I'm Cully, what's plan B, what's plan C? I mean, what if what if he really doesn't want to play or what if we can't smooth this thing out? So um, I think it's very much unknown right now how this is going to play and how long it's going to play. Obviously, the first window of opportunity will be right around March and free agency to see if uh, a trade can get done. And I guess even before that, they better have some conversations sooner than later. Mm. And I think probably that's most important for uh, the Houston Texans. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today is just how much – look at the AFC South. Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. 
Deshaun Watson, Dave Culley in Houston. We still don't know what Indianapolis is going to do with their quarterback situation. Tennessee is pretty sound right now, right? <laughs> They're kind of just sitting back watching <laughs> everything go and unfold. Not making any headlines, but they've been very solid the last couple of years. So how much is about to flip in the NFL? How much could flip in the NFL? We're seeing Miami is pretty good. Buffalo, who's pretty good. Cleveland. Looks like they're pretty good. Are those one-off things? Are they about to make a run? Soon find out. The Patriots, no longer. The Kings of the last two decades. Eh. You know, think about some of the Super Bowl teams. Even the Giants, right? Uh, uh, That one, you know, beat the Patriots a couple times. Where have they gone? Uh, Where are we about to see these bottom feeder teams? Jags, Bills, Browns. Maybe even throw the Raiders in there. That have really been quite miserable for the, the this part of the century. Uh, maybe flip the script in the NFL and become some of the heavies in the NFL and instant competitors and competitors year in, year out. I think that's a fascinating uh, part of it. That's all we're trying to be right here, Austin Lane, a competitor. You know why? Because this is show number 500 on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 today. Mm. 500 shows. Boy, does the time fly. You know, seems like... A thousand shows that we've done so far, only five hundred. Very impressive. No, it's listen. It's a great milestone. I, I can't believe that you kept track of that. First of all, um, shout out to the, the kid that made the hype video for, for us. That was Noah. awesome, Noah. Yep, thank you very much, Noah. Well done. Um, serious, intense music. I appreciated it. Inject it all into my veins. Uh, <laughs> it it kind of got me because I obviously I take my my afternoon nap. Let's just say. Couldn't even sleep today, Brent, because I was so hyped up for the show, number 500. So shout out to Noah, man. I like the way you do business, uh, and thanks for helping ESPN 690 out. Yeah, absolutely. I like the fact that show number 500 just – and Stuart brought up a good point. If it's really not show number 500, is anybody going to go back and check me? Well, well, you know what? That's a good point. And let's be honest. For as much as you've been late, like if you add up the time that you've been late, this is probably like four, show number 450 for you right now. So you've got a little ways to go, but we're going to get you there. I, I like the fact that we're on the road because we spent so much of year one on the road. We couldn't spend a lot of year two on the road because of the pandemic. But we've been on the road. We're on the road for show number 500. We're right here where all the big story is. Urban Meyer, obviously one of the huge stories of the off season, And we're at uh, his restaurant in Dublin, Ohio, Urban Meyer's Pint House. And uh, we'll talk a lot about Urban Meyer today here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. One other note, we'll have Dave Holmes join us from WBNS here in Columbus. He joined us back in December. He was very good about Urban Meyer. So we'll get some more thoughts about Urban and the Buckeyes, right? What's his legacy here outside of that national championship in 2014? Then at 5 o'clock, I caught up with Brian Billick, Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick, and I wanted to get his thoughts about Urban Meyer going to the NFL because I said this to you before. It feels like there's a bit of a fraternity that is skeptical about the college coach going to the NFL. Hear what Brian Billick had to say, not only about Urban Meyer, but also about the idea of Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville in April in the NFL draft. A lot to get to here on a Friday, having some fun on our Action Sports Shacks road trip. Over the weekend, we'll be in Ashtabula, which is the hometown of Urban Meyer. He's born in Toledo, but he grew up in Are you going to his house? Uh, if I can find it, I'll go to his Maybe old house. In? Yeah, yeah man. Why not, right? you got to do that. Right? Now we're you talking. Gotta... By the way, I might need to shovel the driveway in Ashtabula at his old house because I think we're going to get some snow up there. Nice. It is freezing, by the way. I mean, I'm from Rhode Island. I went to school in Ohio. I've been up north quite a bit, but it's freezing. It was 22 hey, degrees last night. Sounds like shots. winter. That's what you signed up for, all right? That sounds yeah. like winter. Yeah, Wisconsin winters, 
probably very similar. We'll I would say Action so. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Talk some Urban Meyer when we come back from Dublin, Ohio. Austin Lane. Are we on right now? Or not? Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martino. Yeah, you got to okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, from Florida to Ohio State, I changed dramatically. You know, like a lot of former players, you know, from Bowling Green to Utah. I mean, the, the times are changing. College football is different. Mike, you know that. I mean, it's the days of uh, coaching the way you did back when I was at Bowling Green or when I was an assistant coach. I mean, the whole country's changed. Everything's changed. And so you have to adapt. And those who adapt have success. Those who don't, fail. That is Urban Meyer back when he was introduced as the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars and answering the question of the college game to the NFL. And it's the biggest hurdle, of course, for Urban Meyer. What is that transition like? How difficult is that? And some of that I think he'll learn on the fly, even though he knows a heck of a lot about coaching, and obviously he's done this for a long time. I think there's some things you probably just can't be prepared for. What are those things? How hard is that? If you look at his staff, he's starting to build a lot of NFL experience around him for those very reasons, uh, I would assume. Brent Martineau here in Columbus, Ohio. We're at Urban Meyer's Pint House. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on the road for the last week. Cartersville, Georgia, Trevor Lawrence's hometown. To Knoxville, Tennessee. To Cincinnati yesterday. To Columbus, Ohio today. And uh, we'll keep the tour going for the next few days and into next week. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios, of course. And I don't know if you can tell this, Austin, but we're on the big TV, the stream is, here at Urban Meyer's Pint House. And uh, the folks here, uh, it just started, just opened up at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Folks are listening. Sweet. And uh, unfortunately for them, they also have to listen to the Jacksonville commercials in a break. Well, and got to keep well, the lights they, on. They got Mike Borish's forecasts, which was probably like 65, 70 degrees. So we hope we didn't make anybody mad in here. Oh, that's a bummer. But, uh, it's a it's a little warmer back home is what I'm trying to say. No, without a doubt. Hey, everybody at Urban Meyer's uh, Pine House, we got to keep the lights on, okay? So you're gonna get Jacksonville commercials. There's not much we can do about it. I don't know. I mean, if Coos can work any kind of magic whatsoever, kind of work the impossible, if you will. But I'm pretty sure there's no way like, we can play music and then have the commercials going here in Jacksonville and then have the music in Ohio. He's not a wizard. No, I don't think so either. He's a human I being. We could- we could play like the Buckeyes fight song or something like that. Uh, can't mention the team up north or anything, or if you do, you have well, to mention it like that. And this is because- embarrassing. The first song that I learned playing my saxophone was the Victor's March, which is the song from that team up north. <laughs> well, that's why you're there and I'm here. Pretty much. Uh, and the other thing is be nice and say hi to all the people here at the Urban Meyer's Pint House. And don't say anything that's going to make them too mad because... You're the 6'6", 245-pound, former JAG, current MMA fighter, uh, and I'm here with Stewart, so we can't defend ourselves as well, well without you. like you just said, I'm where I'm at right now in Jacksonville, and you're there. So that's what you get for not inviting me on that trip. I can't, hey, I can't be held responsible for what I say these next hour, uh, two hours and 30 minutes. Let's just hope that nothing uh, crazy comes out and I offend the fans of Ohio State. Now, here's, there's a couple of things going on. Either the folks that are here on a Friday afternoon getting the weekend going in Columbus, Ohio, really like the food and, and the beverages here at uh, Urban Meyer's Point House, or they really like the Buckeyes and support Coach Meyer as well. I don't know how they feel about Urban Meyer going to the NFL and being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but 
we can remind everybody how Jacksonville feels. And if you go back to a few weeks ago, before Urban Meyer was named the head coach of the Jags, we, we knew Shad Khan was really going after Urban Meyer. It, it was a list of Eric B. Enemy and Arthur Smith, but Urban Meyer was on the top of the list. That wasn't dying down. We knew Meyer didn't pull his name out, so he was certainly interested. Could they get it done? Was it the right fit? All of those things were in play. And the courtship was, which I believe has lasted, really was like 15 months long, at least a year long really went on strong after Doug Marone got fired on that Monday morning for about 10 days or so. And before Urban Meyer got named the Jaguars head coach, and we knew it was going to happen, I put a poll out there on social media, and all in favor said about 55 to 45%. It was pretty polarizing whether Urban Meyer being the next head coach of the Jaguars was a thing and a good thing, and everybody was around it. Well, Fast forward a few days later, he gets named the coach. There's a big-time buzz in Jacksonville. I did a same poll, and it was closer to 80% in favor of Urban Meyer. And what I'm trying to get across to the folks here and remind everybody back home, and I've been saying this on the trip, Austin, Jacksonville and Jaguars fans are buzzing about the hire of Urban Meyer. And it's been a buzz for a month back home in Jacksonville because of Trevor Lawrence and the flip-flop of the Jets winning and them getting the number one pick. But the Urban Meyer part of this is huge, coupled with Trevor Lawrence. And I've actually told people this. I've been surprised at how much the Urban Meyer hire really created that much of a buzz. The season ticket office, they had the phone ringing. And there was a big spike. I don't know where it's at in in the last couple weeks, but I know there was a huge spike when Meyer got hired. There's a buzz nationally about whether Urban Meyer can get it done in Jacksonville. I've just been a bit surprised at how much the Urban Meyer buzz has been felt in Jacksonville. Been trying to relay that to the folks along along the way here on our road trip. But it's a real thing, and you can still feel it back home in the River City. Yeah, it's like I said before, sometimes it's not the journey, it's the destination that got you that journey. When we're talking about Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville, there were some rumors like early on in the process saying that Urban Meyer was the top candidate to go to Jacksonville. Well, then those rumors kind of went away a little bit, and then they came back up, and it was the ebbs and flows of waiting to see who your head coach is going to be. But I think that in, in the past 10 years here in Jacksonville, let's be honest, there hasn't been a lot to cheer about. And getting Urban Meyer, that felt like a win. The whole process of how it went down from saying, all right, he's definitely coming here to, oh, wait, is he going to come here? To then once again going, he's definitely coming here. Like, that can, that's an emotional roller coaster. And usually when Jaguars fans take a ticket on that emotional roller coaster, it's not for a good reason. Well, this time, at the end of that roller coaster, you got a, a coach in Urban Meyer who's hopefully going to change the culture around, but has the resume to boot, and everyone's kind of saying how he was the top get out of any team. So, that was the win for Jaguars fans. That, to me, is why there is so much buzz and so much, so, so much excitement because there hasn't been a lot to cheer for here the past couple of years. And getting Urban Meyer, that was the W that Jaguars fans coveted so much. Yeah, and not only that, Austin, I think the, the part of it that fan, uh, Jags fans are savvy. They know. They've been through some tough times. And they've seen some of the problems. They've seen some of the good. 2017 was a lot of fun. Couldn't sustain it. I think what excites people about Urban Meyer is not only the record, right? Third uh, best winning percentage all time amongst college coaches. His bowl record second all time amongst uh, college coaches. It's unbelievable, really, his his record. He doesn't lose. And I, I think deeper than that, 
Jags fans know, you know, one in fifteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, that's not gonna be in the cards anymore. Not with this guy. Not with Trevor Lawrence who's eighty six and six in high school and college. Those guys are not going to lose to that degree. They just don't. It's not in their blood, it's not in their makeup. They'll find a way to not lose like that. That's the first step. The second one is a little bit of hesitation of how much he can win, right? I mean, it's all about the Lombardi trophy. It's about being in the playoffs year in, year out. And that certainly is a question. How much can Urban Meyer translate his past success to the NFL game? But I think the deep dive and the savviness of the Jags fan is more about the building. More about, man, they're going for it here. Shot Khan's trying to hit a home run. Yeah, it's a little bit risky. He's going to pay a lot of money to Urban Meyer. He's going to pay a lot of money in facilities and coaching staff and really reinvent that building at Jags headquarters. I think fans in Jacksonville know that. I think there's going to be a flip. I think fans around here probably felt it. A little bit of a down year. In fact, they ended up in the Gator Bowl right before, in Jacksonville, ironically, right before Urban took over at Ohio State. If you go back to the Florida days, where he took over for Ron Zook, right? Took o- Go back to the Utah days, the Bowling Green days. He's able to flip it at the college level. And I think there's a bit of hope in Jacksonville that he can flip the entire organization, not just the win-loss record, but the entire organization. Yeah, obviously, if you're Shad Khan um, and your resume right now of taking coaches, not so good. You know, we're talking yeah. about Mike Malarkey, we're talking about Gus Bradley, and we're talking about Doug Marone. And really on top of that, we're also talking about Tom Coughlin, because Tom Coughlin almost seems like a coach in his own right. So well, let's just go ahead and call it three and a half coaches uh, with all <laughs> the respect to Tom Coughlin. Not good on your resume. Right. And and very rarely, I feel like uh, in an in NFL organizations where you pick four bad head coaches in a row, like eventually like something starts to turn, um, you know, that's just the way the NFL works. So the fact that they do have Urban Meyer and yeah, the, there is a lot of uh, questions. Can he transition to the NFL game? Can he relate to the NFL player? Is being out for a year going to hurt him at all or a couple years going to hurt him at all? I mean, those are all valid questions. And if you want to go to resumes in terms of college coaches who have turned pro, there's some good and there's some bad. So there's no exact formula that's going to say Urban Meyer is going to be the savior or help save the Jacksonville Jaguars per se. But like we said, it was the most intriguing get. It was the most exciting get. And right now, in terms of Jacksonville, that's what you want. You want intrigue, you want hope, and you want excitement. And you get all those things with Urban Meyer. Believe it or not, we feel like the player has changed in the NFL. Not all of them, but some of them in terms of brand power, dollars that they earn, and empowerment in general in the NFL. I mean, look at Jalen Ramsey. Look at Micah Fitzpatrick. Look at what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We feel like that's changed since you retired in 2014 from the NFL. I mean, that was not long ago. (laughs) You're a young guy still, Mm -hmm. and it's changed that much, we feel like. We don't know, but we feel like it. Uh, I I remember talking to Doug Marone a little bit, talking to some other coaches, like, hey, then, players are different now. (laughs) And and that has happened almost overnight. So the question I ask to you is one of the questions that's big for Urban Meyer. If you were playing in the NFL still, what would you think of Urban Meyer being your head coach? Ooh. Um... I mean, obviously, I just have to go off of, of what I know about him. I've never met the, the the gentleman, unfortunately. Hopefully, that'll that'll change. I get to interview him maybe one day. Um, what would I think? Well, obviously, with what Urban Meyer said so far of his plans in Jacksonville, you're gonna get the finest facilities. Um, you're gonna get you know kind of like the, the finest treatment. Just 
he, he throws around the term finest a lot. And that yeah, comes best. from his yeah. best. I'm sorry. Yeah, best. And that obviously comes from Ohio State. And that's a big reason why sometimes recruits go to universities because they have the best facilities. And like I've said before many times on this show, it's not necessarily having the best weight room, having the best hot tubs, having the best recovery room, but it's the university showing we value this program so much. And it's the players seeing that. It's like, you know what? This university really cares about their football players. I want to come here because I want to be cared about. And whether you're in high school, college, or in the NFL, like that's what, that's what players want maybe more than anything, is that they want to feel, feel like the situation that they're at, that they're cared about. And that's what I feel like with Urban Meyer. Like, obviously, he's got a job to do. Um, he's got a tough task ahead of him. But you get the sense that he's going to coach his butt off, number one. But in doing that, he's going to show that he actually cares about his players and is going to do right by his players. Now, I'm also going to think in the back of my mind, because he's coming from the college game, and uh, you know, I know what kind of mentality that he brings, it's not going to be easy. All right, there, there's going to be hard work taking place in training camp, in OTAs. This is probably going to be more of a physical, uh, demanding training camp than what Doug Marone ran this past season. I understand that in the back of my mind as well. But as long as that my coach and Urban Meyer can get that point across where, hey, it's about winning the Super Bowl, it'll all be worth it, then, I, then I'm going to trust him. So if I'm a player right now, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, remember, too, we had Bobby Carpenter on, uh, obviously, who does radio here in the Columbus area, played at Ohio State, didn't necessarily play for um, Urban Meyer, but he knows Urban Meyer very well, and he played in the NFL. You know, you guys had that conversation. But the facility thing was very interesting at just how much that hits home from an NFL level even because you do think it's a college thing, right? I mean, kids at 17, 18 years old, they're materialistic. They're like, oh, wow, look at at that locker room. I'm coming here. The Jordan brand, I'm coming here. Well, it still does matter in the sense that you just said it, which I think is very interesting, is that we are going to demand a lot out of you, but in return we are going to give you the best to be able to do your best. And that's the message really from Urban Meyer. And we'll see if it works. You know, I'm actually reading uh, along on this trip. We're reading Urban Meyer's book after he won the national championship here in 2014. It's called Above the Line. Hang on. Are, uh, is it a book on tape or are you actually reading is it like a hardcover book? Well, it's a book on tape because mm-hmm. I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Yep. There it is. So you're listening. You're not reading. It's all right, though. I'm listening. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to help Coach Meyer sell beer here at the Pint House and books <laughs> online well, right well, now. listen uh, he's got audiobooks that's the future check it out that is yeah. yeah and actually he's got a, several books that he's written but not all of them are on audio so okay. above the line is on the audio so we've listened to some of it uh not all of it haven't finished but i found it very interesting and and there's parts in it where it's like okay i think that can work in the nfl then there's other parts like when he first got to ohio state and he's got those guys out you know, on the field in freezing rain and 30 degrees and somebody got in trouble. So the whole team has to run at 530 in the morning and they're out there for 90 minutes. He tells that story, which you can do in college. I don't know if you can do it in the NFL. And so you can make an instant impact in college, I think, that way. And you tell me, maybe you can do that kind of stuff in the NFL. But I just don't know if you can make an instant impact in terms of turning around the culture and in and saying, this is the way we do it now, like you can do so immediately in college. No, you, you, you're going to have to change your philosophy a little bit when it comes to the, the winter conditioning and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like, l- listen, 
when you're in college, like there's a feel for that, and then obviously I had to go through that as well. I mean, sometimes we had to run stadiums at 5:30 in the morning uh, in the winter time. Uh, say like if a guy didn't go to class or he was late to class, then the whole team had to run. So th- that's more I think of Urban Meyer holding the guys accountable um, and obviously setting the tone. The difference between that and the NFL is the fact that you're dealing with grown men now. Right, you're you're not dealing with high schoolers who just graduated high school and now they're coming to college and they're still you know they're still young men but there's still a lot to learn about life and all that stuff and you're not really shaping young men anymore like those things right there those are great ways to shape young men teaching about attitude all that stuff and it's fantastic I absolutely encourage it if I was a head coach I'd be out there at 4:30 making them run every single day but when you get to the NFL it's a little different because now we're talking about Guys always want to ask the question, well, why are we doing this? We're not doing this because I I missed a class. We're not doing this because, you know, we need extra motivation. We're not doing this because I got to see how you run the culture. Like, no, guys guys are going to push back if that's the case. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to do that. I think he's smart enough to understand that he's going to have to taper some of those things back a little bit. And obviously when he does that, then that's going to reciprocate on the field with his players as well. Yeah, and I think maybe we wait till the book comes out down the road again, a different one. But I'm fascinated at how he'll try to do that, right? Change the mentality, uh, earn the respect, change the culture in those kind of situations, right? Where you're demanding excellence um, and there's accountability. And again, I'm not saying that other guys didn't do that in Jacksonville before. It obviously there just wasn't enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't enough of it across the board. But it is definitely different from college to the NFL. One other note here. Listen. It, it, at Ohio State, you can take Justin Fields now or you can take Braxton Miller. He's not bigger than Urban Meyer. In year one in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is bigger than Urban Meyer. Yeah, absolutely. He's bigger, yep. right? I mean, that's the difference in the NFL, maybe relative to college. Dabo Swinney was still bigger than Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, as big as Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. was. A little bit of a difference there. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. From Jacksonville to Columbus, Ohio, or Dublin, Ohio, Urban Meyer's Pint House. That's where we're at today on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Urban Myers Point House in Dublin, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. Last night we did some TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30, just outside the shoe on campus. Brent Martineau here, Stuart Weber along the way as well. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios, uh, along with Coos, too, here on a Friday. Show number 500 for us on ESPN 690. It's happening today, and it's happening on the road, so it's been a fun ride over the last couple of years, and uh, well, they haven't turned off the lights yet, so that's the good news uh, when you're doing this. Dave Holmes from uh, WBNS is going to join us at 4 o'clock. Brian Billett conversation about Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so that is on the way. More Urban Meyer talk to get to uh, in a bit as well. The big story in sports continues to be Deshaun Watson and this request for a trade. Uh, how it could change the AFC South, how it could change the landscape of potentially the NFL with all the quarterbacks on the move here in the 2020 offseason, now 2021 offseason. Uh, Austin, how much do you think the league is flipping right now? The Bills were good. They haven't been good for a year. I mean, they, they were okay building up to this in the last couple of years. Obviously, they played against the Jags in the wild card in 2017 in the playoffs. But overall, if if I were to take year 2000 to right now, you'd say the Bills have been bad. You'd say the Raiders have been bad. 
you'd say the Browns have been bad. The Jags have been bad. We've seen the Rams kind of turn it around, but for much of that 20-year period, they were bad. I'm sure I'm missing some teams. The Cardinals, right? The Arizona Cardinals. Overall, I think people would say not so good. How much is the league flipping, and how much maybe will Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence help that from a Jag standpoint, uh, maybe become over the next decade or five years even in a shorter window, be uh, some of the teams to beat, these perennial losers now being some of the teams to beat? Yeah, I think that, listen, to answer that question, you got to start with the most important spot on the field, and that's the quarterback position. Um, when you look at Buffalo, they got a new quarterback in Josh Allen. When you look at Kansas City, you know, for the past couple of years now, they've had Patrick Mahomes, they had Alex Smith prior to that, who did okay, but there were some losing seasons with Alex Smith in Kansas City. I think if you look at Cleveland, you got Baker Mayfield. So to me, that's what sets, um, the, the, the you know, the, the winning teams away from the losing teams. I don't know, don't get me wrong. You got guys like Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, who are, who are great quarterbacks in their own right, but obviously haven't had a winning season, at least this past year. So to answer the question, I think you're starting to see a little bit of it. Um, I'm not completely sold in the Raiders just yet. I understand they went eight and eight, but let's see what the plan, the quarterback spot's gonna gonna hold for them with Derek Carr and whatnot. But let's go ahead and see what happens with Kyler Murray and that Cliff Kingsbury offense. Can teams finally adjust to it, or are they still ahead of the curve? Time will tell from there. But I think overall, you got to ask yourself: Do you have the quarterback or not? If you've had the quarterback for a while, odds are you're a pretty good team. Hey, part of the reason we're in Columbus, Ohio, obviously we're tracking down some stories. Um, get ready for a Super Bowl special next Saturday on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30 on the eve of Super Bowl 55, which also you can see on CBS all across the country and definitely back in Jacksonville. But part of the reason we're in Columbus to gather some stories, background stories on Urban Meyer will be in his hometown of Ashtabula uh, coming up in the next couple of days. And we're going to talk next to Dave Holmes from WBNS. We've had him on the show before in the last few weeks, but I want to get a feel for how does Columbus, how do Buckeye fans feel about Meyer to the NFL, back into coaching after a little bit of a hiatus? We'll do that when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.